Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hi there, listeners. This is Wellness Wednesday with 3W. This is Helen Nguyen, CEO of 3W Medical for Women. I'm your host today. Well, actually, I'm your host for a lot of these episodes, which I'm so glad to do. I'm so glad to do it. Today, we have, again, our medical director and president, the lovely Dr. Susan Rutherford. And we're going to be talking about a pretty fun topic today, multiple gestation. I can never say that word yeah. right. Gestation. Gestation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gestation. Yeah. What does that mean? So it means more than one baby at a time. Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> so people usually think of twins. Yes. But you can also have triplets. Okay. And you remember the octomom. Yes. Yeah. What do you so call her? Is that, is that that's still? just a higher order, multiple gestation. Okay. So you've got twins. Triplets are actually okay. considered a higher order, multiple gestation as well. But Okay. And it's triplets, quads. Okay. Yeah. Do you know how often multiple pregnancies happen, multiple gestations occur? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. So there are two different kinds of, say, twinning, if we just limit it to the topic of twins for the moment. Okay. One is identical and one is fraternal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the incidence of the identical twins is about the same throughout the world. And it's about four per 1,000 births. Really? Okay. Those identical twins. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The fraternal, those are called monozygotic. Wow. There's dizygotic, <laughs> which means they came from two fertilized eggs. And that varies. With mm-hmm. population, with age, mm-hmm. and they and the num- these numbers have been changing. But in the United States, for example, for age, dizygotic twins are about three per one thousand if they're under twenty years old. So about the same as the monozygotic. But if you go to the ages thirty-five to forty, where it gets significantly higher, it's fourteen mm-hmm. per thousand. Why is yeah. that? And but if well, it it just increases with age. But interestingly, oh. above 40, it, it goes back down again. Okay. It's also the lowest incidence is among Asians. The medium sort of moderate incidence is in the whites. And the highest incidence in, is among the blacks. Wow. Yeah. There's a, especially there's a famous tribe in Africa, the Yoruba tribe that we all learn about in our textbooks. Oh, really? They have a very, very high, high. incidence. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. why does it happen? Is Does it happen to do with genetics? Like I've heard that 
Well, the monozygotic doesn't have to do with genetics. Okay. Okay. The dizygotic does. Okay. And it's on the mother's side of the family, not the father. Huh. So okay. if, the, if the couple comes in and say, well, on the dad's side, there are twins. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that doesn't make any difference. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any difference. But on the mother's side, if there are twins, okay. oh, yeah, then she's at a little higher risk. But if they're not identical, if yeah. they're fraternal twins, right. the dizygotic twins, right. she's at a little higher risk. Are there, what type of significant health risks are there when you have multiple pregnancies? Like well, multiple you know, I kind of like to pregnancies. talk about that last. Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah no so, worries. Yeah, because I'd like to talk a little bit more about some of these numbers because okay. I gave you some of these numbers, but those, if you look at the period of time between 1980 and, say, 2018, there's a huge increase, like a 70 to 80% increase in the number of twins okay. in the United States. Yeah. Why is that? So you've heard of assisted reproductive technology. No, what is yeah, that? Yeah, ART. Well, that's like the in vitro. Oh, that's okay. That's using uh, hormones to try to help people get yeah. pregnant that yeah. maybe have issues with infertility. Yes, yes. When you use some of those medications, medications? Mm-hmm. there's a higher incidence of twins uh, or triplets. And in fact, the incidence of, say, triplets or quads, it, it goes along with the dose. So the mm-hmm. higher the dose of some of those medications. So a lot of them are done people with infertility will know that they go in and they get a prescription for a little bit about a little bit for one month and then they have to go back next month mm-hmm. and if they mm-hmm. didn't get pregnant they get a little bit a higher dose mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know you keep gradually increasing it right right yeah well the result of that can be the higher order multiples um the during the 80s and 90s the increase in the number of higher order multiples in the United States was 400% yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, really increased. That's that's the issue with the assisted reproductive technology. Okay. So, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit because, you know, a num- you remember the Octomom, I mentioned mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, for a while, some of the uh, doctors who were doing the in vitro fertilization were just putting in as many fertilized eggs and as many embryos as they could Mm -hmm. in hopes that something would take because Mm -hmm. of the fact that each cycle is very, very expensive. Yes. You know, 10 to $20,000 a cycle. Yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they put in lots and then, but what if all five or six took, well, now you're dealing with an issue of, of losing those babies to prematurity and stillbirth mm-hmm. and uh, after all the work you went to. So, gee, we really don't want that many, so what do we do? Mm-hmm. And the the practice was to then send them to somebody in maternal fetal medicine. Mm-hmm. I never did it, but mm-hmm. you know, other maternal fetal medicine specialists did mm-hmm. do what they called embryo reduction. Mm-hmm. And basically what they're doing is is taking a needle and going in and injecting a lethal, usually potassium chloride, wow. uh, in there to um, to kill mm-hmm. some of the babies. So you take it down to say two, even though they're healthy and viable. Right. Yeah. Wow. The problem is, is that you know if they're born at twenty four weeks, then they could end up not surviving okay. or surviving with severe handicaps. So, okay. 
Yeah, so that was a that was a problem. Things have mostly changed in that environment, okay. so that most of the people that I've talked with who are doing the reproductive infertility mm-hmm. treatments mm-hmm. are putting in one or at most two embryos. Mm-hmm. Their success rate has gone up, so they're not probably yeah. so desperate. Yeah. But also, it's that's more ethical. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that there's probably some places where they're. Uh, you know, putting in more. Yeah. But you're, you're asking for a lot of trouble with that, not to mention the ethics of... Uh, so so the selective reduction. The So Sounds how so do they nice. choose which ones? Yes. How do they choose which ones? Yeah. It was the ones that they could most easily get to under ultrasound guidance with the needle. So if you had one that looked kind of smallish already or whatever, you but wow. it was hard to reach, that one would not be killed but the mm-hmm. healthy one that was on top that was easy to get the needle to would be killed so that's kind wow. of a sad piece of this yeah but the good news is is that for the most part things have gotten more ethical but that's mm-hmm. the biggest reason behind all the huge increase in multiple gestation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so let's talk about the naturally occurring okay multiple gestation yeah so i mentioned older maternal age it increases the risk. Also, if you've had a lot of children, separate from your age. Hmm. So somebody that's had one child is at lower risk than somebody who's had five or six kids. They're at a higher risk of ending up with a, you know, a twin pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You can have this coming from the same egg, as I mentioned, monozygotic, which is where it splits at a certain time, mm-hmm. or the dizygotic. If, you're ha- if you've got triplets, you could have, it's rare, but you can have all three t- triplets from splitting. You know, they could be identical triplets. Whoa. That's pretty uncommon. Okay. Most of the time, triplets, you might have two of them that are identical and one that's a sibling. Mm-hmm. The ones that are fraternal are have the same genetics just as if it was two different siblings. Just a different time, but the same the same couple. Yeah, yeah, know, the same parents. It'd be so just as if one was born one year and another was born a different year. Yeah, but the monozygotic, the identical twins, they have the same genetics. They're the ones that typically look alike. Yeah, that sort of thing. Dress alike. Dress, yeah, sometimes Can read I each other's thoughts. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So, so what happens? And I know. You might not have the answer to this, but what happens? I've heard of a lot of pregnancies that one twin absorbs the other. So there are situations where there, there's an increased risk of miscarriage. Okay. Say of one twin, they've called it the vanishing twin, for example. Yes. Early in pregnancy. Yeah. 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 And you think you saw two, yes. but then the other one is there's just a little bubble of fluid or something, and it yeah. sort of disappeared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When that happens really early. There's no apparent increased risk. Like uh, it's not a twin pregnancy risk. It's not a risk of prematurity, that sort of thing. When 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 it's early in the first trimester that that pregnancy that one of the twins is lost. Okay, is yeah. that so? Then it becomes just like a regular singleton pregnancy. Okay, is that pretty common that that happens or? Well, miscarriages are common in general, you know, 20% yes. of pregnancies. So it's probably more common than we think. Okay. One of the one of the challenges is figuring out are they monozygotic? Are they dizygotic because the risks are very different for the pregnancies. Um, mm. and are there twins? And 
frankly, that's one thing that's good about our clinic is mm-hmm. that people can get access very quickly to mm-hmm. confirm whether or not they have a pregnancy. Yes. And the ultrasound very early. A lot of times people aren't getting appointments with an OBGYN doctor. Three until, months out is yeah, what I heard. Eight to 12 weeks gestation. Wow. You know, yeah. The best time to tell if it's truly monozygotic or dizygotic is actually by eight, before eight weeks. Wow. Before nine weeks. That's yeah. pretty early. Very early, yes. They look very different on ultrasound at that point. Wow. You can clearly see two separate little sacs and bubbles if they're if it's two separate pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't guarantee that they didn't split really early, by the way. But okay. Yeah. But it's really important to sort that out yeah. because placental shearing increases the risk. Okay. So and what is the difference between identical twins and fraternal twins? So the identical are the ones that came from one egg. Okay. It got fertilized. Mm-hmm. There's the postulate that that egg could have split somehow and you got or you got two sperm fertilizing the same egg and then it split. Mm-hmm. So they would be fraternal. Okay. But that's probably really rare. Okay. Usually it's one sperm fertilizing one egg, and then it's, it's, it divides into two, two. Mm-hmm. pregnancies. I mean, obviously division starts right away, cells yeah. dividing. If it's within the first three days mm-hmm. after fertilization, mm-hmm. then you're going to end up with two separate placentas, two separate sets of membranes. You know, There's the inner membrane, the amnion, the outer one, the chorion, which is really the the chorion the placenta is part of the chorion okay yeah and if you get those split really really early you won't be able to tell if it was because the eggs split or because it's two eggs that got fertilized separately that oh. are, happened to be at the same time so wow. somebody ovulated two eggs yeah that's the fraternal okay two eggs the identical is when you have the one egg and it splits okay. but if it happens if that split happens before three days after fertilization, uh-huh. then you know you won't be able to tell the difference by ultrasound. Okay. So not until after delivery. Mm-hmm. If the split occurs three to eight days, then you end up sharing a placenta and the chorion. So that's where it will also look different on ultrasound beyond eight or nine weeks when you mm-hmm. get into the second trimester even, mm-hmm. or maybe even the third trimester, you'll be able to tell the difference because th- there are two layers of membranes. There's the inner one, the amnion, which I refer to to patients as the lining of the baby's swimming pool. Okay. okay? If they have two separate swimming pools with linings uh-huh. inside the outer shell of the, of the chorion, yes. then they're still identical it's still monozygotic, mm-hmm. but they're not going to get into trouble like tangling their cords around each other. Oh. Yeah. Because if they're it, still in kind of their separate spaces? Right. right. Okay. Right. So if the split occurs after eight days and by say, by, say, 13 days, that's when you end up with the babies sharing totally the same swimming pool, swimming pool liner. Mm-hmm. And that's when their cords can get all tangled. Does that off, happen often? Oh, oh, yes. It happens very commonly oh. if, if they're in the same sack. Oh. Yes, because the recommendation now is to go ahead and deliver those patients at 34 weeks, which is preterm. 
Yeah. And they'll need some that. special nursery care and all of that. Yeah. And they could have breathing problems, could end up getting needing some assisted ventilation. Mm-hmm. They could have prematurity problems. Mm-hmm. But the reason for that recommendation is to avoid um, the baby suddenly dying unexpectedly. Those oh. babies, sometimes the heart rates are monitored. Sometimes they're just stuck in the hospital under you know, very frequent, if not almost continuous, fetal heart rate monitoring to mm-hmm. see if there's any evidence of cord compression mm-hmm. that could be caused by cords getting tangled. Mm-hmm. And I've had women that we came into the hospital and just stayed until they had their babies. They came in at 26 or 28 weeks. So wow. there's, there was a sign of something happening we'd deliver them early. Wow. So that, you know, so they had live babies. Right, right. right. Yeah. So, but that's between the split between three and eight days. Okay. So if it's after eight days, between eight and 13 days, that's the, that's the same shared swimming pool. Okay. Everything. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If it's after 13 days by 15 days, that's when you end up with conjoined twins that's the oh, Siamese twins. The Siamese twins, and they can be joined at all sorts Any of different places. Yes, head, well, chest, abdomen, yeah, shoulders areas. I don't see a lot of them anymore. No. I used to see it's them in the news in, all the time. Yeah, or, it's about one in fifty thousand pregnancies. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's pretty rare. It yeah, yeah. I I just remember growing up and hearing more of those situations happening. I wonder. Yeah. If they're being diagnosed earlier and well, terminated that's, earlier? That's probably what's happening. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Yep. Because it's definitely something that you can diagnose, certainly in the second trimester. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if, depending on what that looks like by ultrasound, there might be plans for um, a delivery where you've got the pediatric surgeons, the pediatric neurosurgeons, mm-hmm. you've got all of them, and you deliver and in one room and the babies go into the next room and they're separated. separated. And mm-hmm. those yeah. are, that's one of the things that Ben Carson became famous oh, for. Really? Yeah. He's, he, he is a pediatric neurosurgeon. Oh, retired now, but he's oh. the one that ran for president. Yeah. People might remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I well, that was his specialty. I mean, he did a lot of world famous cases, Yeah, but you're probably right. You don't hear about it much because so many people, almost everybody has an ultrasound right now. And the majority, particularly if, you know, if they're sharing a heart or mm-hmm. something like that, the chance of survival is slim, pretty slim. Yeah. Yeah. So, and why is after it? 15 days from uh-huh. fertilization, uh-huh. there can't be any more splitting. So, oh, uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why is it important to diagnose multiple gestation? Yes, because of the, because of the increased risks. Okay. And that's why I, yeah, why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Sort of last. So why talk about this? Why find out about it early? So there are baby issues and there are mama issues. Okay. The baby issues, if they're identical and they're sharing a placenta or sharing a sac, then that pregnancy is going to require a whole lot of very special attention by mm-hmm. people who are doing ultrasounds mm-hmm. a lot. Okay. I mean, the minimum number of ultrasounds that a, a woman with a multiple gestation would get would be monthly. Wow. But it's not unusual if some of these problems start to develop. You can have blood vessels connecting one baby to the other through the placenta, and one baby can transfuse the other. 
So one baby mm-hmm. is real small and the other gets really big. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. either one of those babies can get heart failure mm-hmm. because the heart's having, either having trouble dealing with too little or too much too blood. Much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. That can be treated rather successfully, not all the time, mm-hmm. but rather successfully when the woman's pregnant in the second trimester. Okay. By going in with a, a scope, like you've heard of a laparoscope, so yes. a lighted tube, going yeah. in and going into the uterus uh-huh. and inside to the bag, the bag or bags of waters. Okay. And laser coagulating, i.e., cauterizing, burning the places where you can see on the surface of the placenta that these vessels are connecting between the two babies so that you oh interrupt gosh. this transfusion from one baby to the other. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Wow. The earliest I've heard of it being done is around 14 weeks. Wow. But it's more commonly done around probably 18, 20, something like that. Mm -hmm. It depends on when you start having problems. Mm -hmm. But you need ultrasound. And those people, I mean, I've had patients come in every day to check on situations that were very dicey, you know, certainly twice a week. But they'd be looking at the blood flow in those umbilical cords, the blood flow Mm -hmm. at the baby's heart, the blood flow to the baby both babies' brains, mm-hmm. you know, they're looking at uh, the blood flow coming from the placenta as well, and go, as well as going to the placenta, looking at all those dynamics mm-hmm. and then looking to see if the growth of the babies, their size, their difference in sizes, is that getting worse? Mm-hmm. Is the baby that's getting all that blood, boy, they have to pee a lot. It's like drinking so much water. <laughs> so they end up in a really big, you know, pile, a big swimming pool of water. Yeah. And the baby that's transfusing... Yeah. It got so little blood, it, it sort oh. of restricts its blood flow to the kidneys to preserve its circulation. Yeah. You know, like what we do if yes. we are dehydrated. Yeah. And so that baby ends up looking like it's shrink-wrapped oh. by the membranes because the, it's not making any pee. Because the pool has no water. The pool has no water because oh. the baby's not peeing because oh. yeah, kidneys aren't getting enough blood. Oh. So there's lots of things to watch closely. That's a yeah. high-risk situation. and. A couple of my colleagues at Evergreen yeah. actually are doing that. Wow. Yeah. That is so they cool. They were one of the earlier early adopters in the whole country. Wow. So, yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Let's see. The other thing is just maybe they're not sharing much in the way of blood vessels, mm-hmm. but maybe they're not even identical twins. Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. But where the placenta landed, it doesn't get as good blood flow as where the other baby's placenta landed mm-hmm. inside the uterus. Mm-hmm. So one baby can be growing, growing just fine, getting plenty of nutrition and oxygen and everything. And the other baby's placenta maybe is not getting as good a blood flow and that baby's small. Mm-hmm. So you have to watch the babies for their growth. Mm-hmm. And the baby that's small can be more vulnerable yeah. to fetal, what's called fetal distress. Yeah. Yeah. So all those things can lead to early delivery too. There's also an increased incidence of genetic and other and structural birth defects in multiple gestations. That's not, the reason isn't really very well understood, Mm -hmm. but definitely an increased incidence. So I mentioned the cord entanglement. There was overall among multiple gestations an increase in stillbirths and an increase in neonatal mortality. Mm. So that twins have to be watched carefully. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Dr. Rutherford always has lots more to share on this topic. So we decided to break this conversation up into a two-part episode. 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode and please stay tuned for another part two coming your way. Thank you so much and thank you for being our loyal Wellness Wednesday listener. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide. Book an appointment or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.